Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. CBS takes over TCAs with the Les Moonves elephant in the room. Carrie Russell and the Americans are critics' darlings. What does that mean for the Emmys? Shots fired again. It's LeBron, Rosie, and Omarosa versus Trump. Plus, are their Kardashians toxic for your children? All this and more on Meet the Hollywood Press for Sunday, June 29, 2018. I'm Mackenzie Fain, and now your host of Meet the Hollywood Press, Joseph Kapsch. Happy Sunday, everyone. Welcome to Meet the Hollywood Press. And thank you, uh, Mackenzie. That was wonderful. Welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my God. There's so much packed into that opening. I can barely wait to uh, tear into all of this. So welcome my co-host, Alina Vision. Hello. I am so jazzed for today. We got some juicy stuff to talk about. We sure do. So so viewers, really quickly, we're safely tucked away in North Hollywood while the whole entire television industry is over in Mm -hmm. Beverly Hills at the television, TCAs, otherwise known as the Television Critics uh, Association. um, conference, your annual conference, and they are, it's CBS Day. So obviously, right. that's a big day. What do we think it's a big day for? Mm-hmm. Les Moonves. Mm-hmm. So, first, I just want to quickly um, tell viewers that um, this is my my inappropriate, like, tan jacket. Oh, is my, is in, is in homage to Obama's birthday yesterday. <laughs> Remember when the it, tan suit. Remember when the world was just about the tan suit? The tan suit. suit. Oh. I mean, the simpler times, right? Yeah. Happy birthday, Obama. My favorite and forever present. Exactly. Okay. So let's, without further ado, let's get into this because basically last night, Television Critics um, Association had their awards. Mm-hmm. And um, we'll get to like today's conference about the uh, lesbians, but I want to talk quickly about the awards because yeah. Carrie Russell, everybody, hello, Felicity, uh, the Americans, FX Americans, starring mm-hmm. her and um, Matthew uh, Rees, mm-hmm. uh, won Best Show and then she got Best Actress, which now obviously everyone's like Emmy, 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 but exactly. she was already in the mix, Mm -hmm. but you watched the show. I do. I'm a huge fan. I'm actually a huge fan of all of the shows that were nominated, and I really think that the Americans, especially in this final season, pulled out all the stops. Yes. And when it comes to awards, they're kind of the sleeper Mm -hmm. show. I don't feel like they could get enough of their recognition that, you know, they should. They should agree. And I'm so excited that they won for Best Show, and they won, you know, both of them. I just, it's amazing. It's great. It's interesting because I like, I'm. it's like like a love and a hate relationship at times when TV critics are weighing in because at one sense I'll read reviews and I'm sure you could weigh in here like you'll read reviews and you completely disagree and other times you don't but I always feel that the, t- the TCA awards give the, the the right respect and there's maybe right. a sense of that because they follow the awards industry uh, so the awards season so closely right. that there's a certain level of like they didn't get their due respect at the real awards let's give it to them here because like mm-hmm. Empire is one that sticks out of my mind. Mm -hmm. So that was the year when Empire was really white hot 
out its first second season and it did win, it didn't help its chances for Emmys. I think this is different here because even right. before the TCAs, you heard all of the awards um, analysts saying that Carrie Russell could really, and she's been speaking of white hot. Yeah, she's cast in the in new, the new Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I really do think that this is her year. I think it's going to come down to between her and Elizabeth Moss. Honestly. Yes, I think it's going to be a really close race. I'd be happy with either because I think they did an amazing job, but um, I think she deserves to get that award. Mackenzie, what do you feel about like television? Do you do you rely on television reviews when you're going to watch a show? No. Not no. at all. I don't even, to be honest, I don't yeah. even look at them. Um, it has to do more about the description and if I'm interested in the topic. Uh, more the topic or, like, I know I'm an, I'm a loyalist to, like, actors and actresses. So more like mm. if someone I want to watch is in something, even if the plot line doesn't sound like something, but I'll watch because I have certain actors and actresses I want to watch. I, I, oh, absolutely. There, you know, specific actors or actresses, I definitely gravitate towards those shows. Yeah. But... Uh, Overall, I don't. I'm just a TV fanatic that I'll just try anything. <laughs> <laughs> See, I get a lot of mine from like word of mouth. I was just going to ask. Yeah, you. the Americans actually. It was I discovered it. I had heard about it, but yes. I discovered it after the 2016 election. Yes, of course. And one of my friends was like, "You should really watch the Americans." Yes, and I binge watched it and fell in love with the show. It had a certain feel too, just to me, like. Um, I almost like my dream show would be because I it gives me when Carrie Russell is was doing the work she was doing in the Americans it gave me Alias vibes of like Jennifer Garner right and I almost that would be my dream because they're both J.J. Abrams gals like ah. they both you know remember because J.J. Uh, Abrams was Alias and then Felicity was J.J. Abrams right. those two in a TV show I think would be fantastic Jennifer Garner and that would anyway, write it pitch it write let's it, make it happen let's make it happen dream okay. team so um, now moving along to probably less happier. Um, that's the happy part of TCAs. <laughs> so today, basically, CBS, you know, t- for viewers that may be not familiar with TCAs, they um, divide, obviously, it starts with uh, each day, you know, going back a week ago or 10 days, I think. it's. It feels like it goes on for, for uh, I lose track. It it's like, like it, yeah. I'm like, they're still going on. So uh, they basically divided up, and today was CBS Day. And so that's why... Um, even trying to, I wanted to have some other t- television journalists come in, and they're all embedded in Beverly right. Hills right now. I said, so let's just talk about it from afar. Um, what do you, okay, so the network entertainment president um, had a session this morning. Obviously, there's no avoiding the Les Moonves, and quickly, obviously, um, Les Moonves um, has been accused of sexual misconduct by, I think, six or more women in a Ronan Farrow uh, New Yorker expose, mm-hmm. and they have since opened up a investigation. Since last week's show, to really quickly, the board had voted to decide not to remove him, so until the investigation is complete, he's still operating in a shop. He even had a CBS earnings call, which couldn't be more awkward, because mm-hmm. there was, like, no discussion of you know, the sexual misconduct allegations. And then in addition, the whole Jeff Fager, who runs uh, 60 Minutes, is also accused of more harassment or more uh, fostering an environment at 60 Minutes that didn't do anything about harassment. It just broke today that he... Um, is extending his vacation. He's on vacation because basically mm-hmm. 60 Minutes is in hiatus right now for the summer. He's extending his vacation while 
I said this last week. I I'm still 50-50 on whether cuz I literally will get to this in a second. Uh-huh. I'm 50-50 on whether Les Moonves is going to come out of this um with his job, but I'm convinced that Jeff Fager is if if Les Moonves gets to stay, I feel like for the public, they ha- there has to be a sacrificial right. lamb. Right. Somebody's head has to has roll. Has to roll yeah. because it just wouldn't for for there to be that um, you know, intense scrutiny and all of the reporting that Ronan did that was so um, comprehensive right. and meticulous. There's no where there's smoke, there's fire. Exactly. We don't know if it's to the extent like you know Jeff Fager's um, defense is that it's disgruntled employees, and yes, there could be a certain truth to part of that, mm-hmm. but not. All, not all of, of it. Them. Not, not all, all of, of it. Them. Not all of it. Not all of it. So I want to. Can you read Kelly Stahl, the um, yes. you know, the uh, network president, just sort of the gist of what he did say? He was asked about it, and also I'm noticing as the other breakers are coming out of TCA right now, the company line seems to be: we respect the investigation. We're going to let the investigation play out. We're going to. It's total PR speak right. for those. I mean, it's just like here's what you say. Uh, you know, when you're going to be asked about it, because they, they none of them ha- have chosen. Which I guess is smart if you're working for... I don't think you should say, I think my boss is guilty. He's probably right. going to go down. Because <laughs> he's sending the checks. Do you think Les is guilty? Yeah. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so here's what Kelly had to say. It says, Leslie's been an excellent uh, boss and mentor as well. At the same time, we need to respect the voices that come forward. Uh, the scope of what I can talk about is limited. There's nothing more I can say about Les or the situation. Okay, what do you think, Alina? Uh, I mean... That's straddling the fence to me, which I think, you know, it's probably the most PC thing for him to do. But at the same time, um, you know, these women's voices need to be heard. Yeah. And I am with you on this whole 50-50 thing of whether or not he gets fired, which it sucks because, you know, the investigation definitely has to go forward. Yes. But you don't want to silence women. And the moment, like, the tide starts yeah. to turn to where people can keep their jobs, yeah. it makes women who might, or men, you yeah. know, because this happens to men, who want to come out and tell their stories feel like, what's the point if nothing's going to happen? going to happen. So right. I asked both of you as women following the Me Too movement and the stories, though, what is your feeling on that answer specifically when they're saying... Uh, we're going to respect it. The, they're, they're basically saying, I'm not guilty, but women's voices need to be heard. What do you feel about that? Yeah, it's kind of a cop-out to me. I mean, okay. it, it, like you said, yeah. if they're not going to lose their job, nobody's going to come out about it. Yeah. And it kind of brings me back to the Larry Nassar right. yes. mm-hmm. issue. And they, it was so great how all those girls came stuck forward. Together. Oh, my and God, they, yes. They, yeah. you know, and stuck together, and he lost everything. His, and they're just... The whole open wide case, but in this situation, if that doesn't happen, you're right. It sets a new tone and going forward, exactly. how it's it's like, what's the point of even coming forward if I do come forward? And it's something that you know people don't necessarily want to talk about. It's not a yeah. badge of honor. It's not like, ooh, I had a me too. You know, yes. Even though it happens, and it happens so much in much. the entertainment industry. The interesting thing that I've been observing is how the different media corporations, CBS Now in particular, how they are handling it. Right. So, okay, so there's both like a um, a win and a loss here. It's like 
So CBS, to their credit, has um, hired two law firms to mm-hmm. be conducting this, okay? So then it, on the face it goes, okay, an outside firm is handling it, whereas NBC Universal, what is they're like the king and queen of the internal investigation when it came to the right. Matt Lauer, mm-hmm. when it came to Ryan Seacrest at E, which is a, a you know, a, an, a, NBC an NBC Universal. It was all internal investigations for mm-hmm. those people. I think I've, I've spoke to some people, and these are like my sources, that the that there's there seems to be two groundswell of like buzz. It's like those firms are like pro CVS firms, Got okay. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people saying no, no, it's on the up and up. And they've asked for statements. Even and one of the lawyers that were representing one of the firms said, "We're here to res- you know to um, you know observe the facts, take down the facts, and then render a thing." Everyone is making, even like some of the higher ups in the industry and, and really reputable journalists have been following this whole. St- um, what do you call it? Like the the board. Right. You know, you know the board of CBS that's going to make this decision. I think right. there's three women on the board, and then the average age of the men on the board are white men that are like average age seventy. So I mean, <laughs> right there. I mean. It, to me, it's like yeah. the, it was like the OJ Simpson, like did the jury, like looking at the jury. Did you think he was going to get off or, or like in, in the beginning? I think there's fifty fifty. I do. Yeah, I, feel like I do. I feel 50. like there's fifty. You literally hear like two sides of it. When I was out this weekend and I was talking about it because I knew we were filming today, and I, and there's people that are really in the know saying he's going to lose it, and then there's other people saying he's going to hold gonna, on because wow. you're talking about such a. He, he is credited with CBS's yeah. success, and you're talking about gazillions of dollars here that is at stake. If he, if the, but if the leadership, isn't that t- sad that it all comes down to, to money, money. <laughs> not yeah. about human people and no. what they had to go through? And I know. What- it's just it's it's on a human level super sad yeah on a business level understandable right understandable that's the sad part yeah (laughs) of the times we live in it is yeah is there anything else um tweets you were looking at some interesting tweets about it right from tca about the jeff fager and and les moondas was there anything that sticks out not really not really okay Okay, then I guess then we will move on to our next topic, which I'm very excited about. <laughs> I was kind of waiting for her to, uh, to, to Rosie O'Donnell, right? Back. She resurfaced. By the way, we always get her on Twitter. Like, she's the best Twitter follow, yeah. especially when the Trump election, my God. Um, but Rosie was just interviewed, actually, by Mark Malkin at Variety and uh, for Meet the Holly Press. He was a guest panelist like two weeks ago, right. fantastic uh, journalist, and he just started at Variety as their new one of their new editors. Well, he interviewed Rosie for her um, show Smilf. On. Have you guys watched Smilf, by the way? I haven't. No. I gotta check it out. Yeah, check yeah. it out. It's a cute show. She plays like the mom of the lead character, uh, Frankie. Right. The character's Frankie. Anyway, um, this interview, they caught her up on her apartment in New York City uh, just hours after flying home from Boston and she talked about the LeBron, which we'll get to mm-hmm. in, in a little bit. But, you know, obviously, I think everyone knows LeBron James and uh, Trump are basically exchanging in a war of words. Right. But Hollywood piled on Trump. Yes. Like, well, because LeBron just announced uh, this week his school. His I Promise school, yes. which and is amazing. Amazing. And it's like the wrong, even some of the conservatives came out after Trump yeah. went back at LeBron and said, wrong culture war to, to, to pick, wrong one. Because it's just, wrong. He, he, it's on the heels of him doing a press tour for the school that is basically helping under, un, un, uh, underprivileged, under, underprivileged kids. kids. And families, like not just the yeah. kids, but the families. Ugh. So wait, the funny thing was Rosie talked. It said uh, he had asked her, are you friends with Roseanne Barr? Have you, in addition to the Trump stuff, right. to just uh, 
hold on before let me backtrack for a second here to the stuff about Trump she basically said they asked her basically did he ever did she ever think that the feud that started years ago which I if you remember she was oh on the yeah view, a long time she ago. did an imitation where she flipped her hair and it turned into him calling her a slob right, a pig, a pig yeah. you know you know Rosie O'Connell is one of the most disgusting slobs I mean but that was back when Trump was just a TV TV and a, a right. real estate entrepreneur and a TV personality and boy the stuff that they were trading but it also started did she kind of start it i think she did right she started by imitating him right but he you know him he yes. comes back with the tweet with the tweet yeah, yeah. obviously and yeah. so it was All an ugly time. feud mm-hmm. and then even it carried into the 2016 do you remember the debates and megan kelly asked about him calling women slobs. pigs slobs mm-hmm. dogs and he said that's not true only rosie o'donnell he said he, he just has, has been, to yeah, come back bigger and harder and meaner and it's like it's, it's like little bullies around. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. So it'll be interesting to see what you're going to say next. Yes, yeah, so I'm bringing it up. So she basically said, uh, she said she never anticipated in a million years that, like, the country would fall for him the way that he has. Which I, I think th- a lot of people didn't anticipate that. No, I mean, but here's <laughs> To the thing. a certain degree. If you're honest about it, and I, right. and I will be, I liked, I thought, I liked Donald Trump when he was just an apprentice host. Right. And I did find him to be crass and funny and Howard Sternish, if you will, right. in the way that he would say things that were so inappropriate at times that but yet you'd feel guilty that you'd think some of them in your mind even before he said them. <laughs> and that's my opinion, you know, again. Mm-hmm. But um when he but I don't want him running my country necessarily, but right. not to get too political. No, I agree one hundred percent with that whole thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So then we won't even discuss it further. <laughs> Because <laughs> it's been said. Yeah. So she, oh, so she went on to basically also say, um, we understand, oh, in millions, I have imagined that many people would fall. If you're from New York, we understand all what he was about because we watched him try to create this facade. Right. This plays into also, because there's this New York, I lived in New York for a few years, and, you know, like that New York upper society kind of crowd, right, that they right. run in. The interesting thing, if you talk to people in the know, Trump always wanted on the inside of that, but to a certain degree was a uh, ultimate face pressed up against glass, and mm-hmm. as rich as he would get, which is why I think he has such an issue with the Clintons and the Obamas because right. they're so welcomed in by sort of Everyone. like well-to-do yeah. people, mm-hmm. upper echelon, middle class, you know, rich. Poor. It bugs him. Oh, it yeah. bugs him. And, and they have a celebrity quality that I think is different from what his sort of celebrity quality is. Right. Anyway, she said that. She's only one of his feuds. The LeBron, obviously. Now, Omarosa, who is employed, obviously, in Prentice, yes. uh, past contents. It's also an excerpt from her book came out. You know, as we know, she was uh, unceremoniously fired from yeah. the White House after she sold her soul to be the um, urban or was it African American like, ambassador? Reach out. Yeah, yeah, she was, was out. I don't know what outreach she was doing. God bless you, Omarosa. <laughs> I don't know what outreach was being I don't know, done. I was but, to that. um, she got fired and escorted. Remember all that? Those ugly yeah. headlines. Well, now she had she had told us during that uh, time she was going to get her word. Read uh, a little bit. I think you have pulled yeah, up. Yeah, I do. The- so her book is coming out August 14th, and it's called Unhinged, an insider's <laughs> account of Trump White House. It's just the title alone. Right. I can't wait to read <laughs> I it. I can't even. Okay. So she says, oh, well, watching the interview, and she's talking about the interview that Donald did with Lester Holt, yeah. um, I realized that something real and serious was going on in Donald's brain. Really, right? Yeah, right. 
His mental decline. Yeah, like, what am I going to order from McDonald's tonight? (laughs) His mental decline could not be denied. Many didn't notice it as keenly as I did. Oh, trust me, we did. Um, Because I knew him way back when. They thought Trump was being Trump off the cuff, but I knew something wasn't right. You know, this, you know what? (laughs) Go ahead, Alina. Oh, my God. This is too little, too late. You are trying to get your two cents in and sell some books, and you had the opportunity a long time before. Well, that's the same thing about just uh, 2020 is hindsight, right? Yeah. But it's sort of like, I mean, could anyone, though, really pay? I think about that sometimes when I'm trying to find, like, the sympathy in all of it. Right. Could anyone really pass up a, a job in the White House? If someone said to you, come be an advisor in the White House and you weren't even in politics, could you pass it up? Yeah, right now, yeah. Right, okay. <laughs> right now, yes. So, yes. Yes. Then, so no. yes. yes. Even I can't even say yes with a straight face. <laughs> I would be like, hmm. Because yeah. there's a certain part of you, too, that even thinks if you have a different belief structure, that maybe you could be that person that comes in. I always want to think you're that right. person that could, that I could get to through to them and help, you know? And I think that there have been some people that did take the job for that reason, yes. and I think that's why we've seen the revolving door, because they're just like, I can't. Like, yeah. I think you get to your breaking point. Oof. Yeah, but okay. Omarosa. So she's, look for her book, uh, listeners and, and uh, viewers, Unhinged. <laughs> we just wanted to make sure you got that title. <laughs> but she basically is really concerned about his mental decline. Yes. Oh, God. And Trump and LeBron. Moving on. um, Okay, so this is also um, a serious matter, but we're so happy. Uh, Demi Lovato. This is breaking, by the way. Just on the way in the car uh, to meet the Hollywood press. Mm -hmm. She, um, and by the way, can we please just a celebrity break? Can we, like, ban break their silence? I am so sick of seeing headlines like, Breaks their silence. It's just to me. No, it's not that's silence. my. That's yeah. my pet peeve. It's yeah. just like so. That's why I was very particular to say speaks for the first time since her overdose. Right. They're so dramatic, and that's my pet peeve with celebrity sites. Breaks their silence on the breakup. Breaks their silence. It's like really, were they silent all this time? Or were just, you with them? Yeah. I don't know. They're probably talking in the hospital. You know? Right. <laughs> anyway, Demi Lovato made her first public statement about. You know, since the overdose, you want to just read Alina a little bit of it. Right. It, it was so very touching. It by is. The way. And I'm so glad she's doing okay. So she says, I have always been transparent about my journey with addiction. What I've learned is that this illness is not something that disappears or fades with time. It is something I must continue to overcome and have not yet done. Uh, she went on to thank her fans and friends and family. And then she ends with, um, I know I need time to heal and focus on my sobriety and the road to recovery. The love you have all shown me will never be forgotten, and I look forward to the day where I can say I came out on the other side. I will keep fighting Demi. What do you think? I think, you know, I'm... I, I love I love Demi. I love her too. And I love that she's so open with everything mm-hmm. she's going through because yeah. she's human. We all have things that we're going through. Some, For sure. you know, maybe this, some maybe something else. Yeah. And... She's really been on the forefront, especially dealing with her mental health. Yes. Whereas a lot of people don't want to talk about it because they're afraid of the stigma. And she's been a role model to a lot of people. A lot of people. And, it, you know, this happens sometimes. Sometimes you fall off the wagon. Yeah. And it is an illness. And she's taking the time to get better now. And we're just all, you know, praying for her. Well, that's the whole, like, um, I had seen her perform, um, it was either two years ago, uh, with Nick Jonas when they were touring together at the Forum. Mm-hmm. 
she is an electrifying that voice is yeah. just incredible there's such talent it's just incredible and she's humble and nice she's mm-hmm. actually nice because I've been at some events where she does the carpet and you can always tell you oh, know yeah. this you've done the car- <laughs> you've done carpets yes you can tell there's the authenticity the authenticity is there or not right she's a nice girl and the interesting when she when you looked at this sort of thing that happened it, there were some sources close to her inner circle that I did contact after all of it happened and a lot of the stories that are being painted in the celebrity press that yes she was in an innate I saw I think the latest headline was about she hung out with a group of enablers and on page six and that's all true and all, but like anyone who sort of like is has been uh, had loved ones that battle addiction or have been close to it and know about it knows that no one she makes her own choices. So what right. I do know from her inner circle is that there's whatever deal, issue she's dealing with internally, but that she made her choice. She right. she 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 at that time knew she was not, and that's why she released the song to right. tell the world that she wasn't. I think it was probably therapeutic or cathartic in some sort of way. And then she partied really hard and it like, God, thank God she survived. Yeah. Right. Um, I think what I, what I, what I struggle with, and this is good because we're on Meet the Hollywood Press and I, this is where the journalism line is drawn for me because I struggled with, um, when I temporarily had to go back to sort of celebrity news, I felt icky. Um, not because of the stories that on my particular site, but the ones that would be worked on f- at the parent site at large I can't put my head down on a pillow like right now I I couldn't be digging on the the inner workings of like Demi Lovato like to me this is a private thing like yes she had an overdose it's our job to report that news because it's news and she was hospitalized and then let her go heal right I struggle with that as a journalist and I don't know like if you read I think that there's certain celebrity news sites that handle it with class and dignity and then there's other ones that just don't and it's like dumpster diving right exactly yeah and it's like they need all the space that they can get not to be worried about are there paparazzi yeah. who can I trust you know that's the least of their should be the least of their problems well that's why I still to this day speaking of Demi it's like I think about like I, I'm a big Justin Bieber and Britney fan my whole life mm-hmm. right and it's like I would defend them to the grave because I always said if there was real talent somewhere and they want to overcome and come they'll come back yeah and America loves to forgive and they love a comeback oh we love a comeback but when I thought about all the antics and the ages that they were at when all was going on and then the celebrity organizations that were fought like they contribute to that right and as a I don't think that that's what journalism is anymore like I think journalism is exposing stories and telling the truth and getting to the bottom of the truth but that's in some way, shape, or form, doing a service for its reader or its viewer. Right. You know, like, what did I learn from this? What did right. I take away from this? Even all of the CBS Me Too coverage, I think it's safe to say, like, um, and uh, what's your opinion? I feel like there's, this is helping workplaces become better. It's not just like that the trades are digging on mm-hmm. the scoop and the scandal of Les Moonves. It's like, did he treat women like this? How should it be handled? Because we're all in this shade of like, it was black and white before. The minute a right. guy got caught when the Me Too movement first started. It was like, you're done. You're done. And now I think that here's what one high place source told me, and I, I agree with this. Les Moonves is going to be like a turning point of how this mm. is going to be dealt with because he is almost like gonna, if they keep him, it's going to set a new president and it's going to be exactly. a turning point in that it's not going to be so quick to just fire. Just out, right. You know, they're going to let the investigation. And by the way, they should. It's like a, if Absolutely. it was a court of law. I said this, and I think you were on the show when we talked about this. Me, Time's up to me should be 
in some way, shape, or form a governing body that when all of the media organizations have a situation like this, they turn over the investigation to Times Up, and they and they basically st- they staff themselves properly to do this. So that way, if Times Up decides right? that. Les Moonves should go, then CBS has signed up to be part of, like you know, the way the Motion Picture Association right. oversees films and mm-hmm. their film ratings. That's what, to me, a time's up should be for the industry. Because guess what? Then if Disney uh, turns over the James Gunn case to, like, time's up and time's up doesn't investigate and decides he should stay and this is why, but this should be right. his punishment, it's not on Disney. Then it's like Disney uh, fans and viewers, which, which was a big pre- precipitous, too, like, they were there was like a big uprising of like I'm not going to have my kids going to like your you know parks right. or watching your movies if this is like the kind of person you're going to harbor. But no, listen, we're turning this over to it's like it's like a government really like the way right. that if Trump if Trump that they decide that there's impeachable offenses, the public's not going to decide, but the the, the governing bodies Body that keeps right. him in check. There's no. Hollywood needs a check, like a check and balance. <laughs> I completely agree that yeah. Hollywood needs a check, and it needs to be centralized. And that even, I mean, that would, I think, solve a lot of the disparities between different networks and how they're handling That's it. That's what I'm saying. Because one network will just fire. The other one's like, well, let's investigate. So, you know, it's, it's, it's inconsistent. All over. Exactly. It's inconsistent. And at the end point is we all want to have a safer workplace yeah. where women and men feel comfortable and they're not harassed and people aren't putting their hands up their skirts. No. And even at that, the accused, you know, can have their day in court and, you know, defend themselves. I even struggle with the line of, like, what it's become so far over, like, even if, like, you you legitimately have a staffer and it's a female and she looks nice one day, like, is that no longer, like, okay to say you're looking, you know, you look great? Like, I really do struggle with what the line is anymore about that. Because remember the defense for some... um, one of the women, I'm tra- her name is escaping, was one of the older actresses from the old times complained that, well, if girls don't want men, to, then they shouldn't put so much makeup on or look so... Oh, it, it was so like this defense of, like, don't dress yeah. so sexy if, like, it's like, wait, so because a girl's dressed sexy means, like, she's inviting rape and harassment. Yeah. It's just... It was she got she then backtracked she backpedaled. Oh, interesting! <laughs> I'm trying Very to remember who it was because it was a, actually an actress that I was like, I'll think about it. And yeah, I'll tell you viewers in, in the comments uh, after or on Twitter. There we go. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else to add to that? That was it as far as the LeBron and okay, all then. that all the Trump feuds. I'm sure this next week we'll have something else, some okay, other the, Trump feud. We're going to move on to my favorite story <laughs> of the episode. I this is like okay, so Daily Beast, um, one of my favorite websites out there. Um, I think they do fantastic do. journalism. Um, but they put they came out with an article from Laura Greenfield. So anyway, it's called "The Dangerous Kardashian Effect and the Profound Impact of the Superficial." And in a nutshell. Okay, so Laura, it's Laura Greenfeld who produced this documentary called Generation Wealth. It's in theaters now, right, by the way. I, I, I can't wait. I'm going to go see it tonight, actually. Documents um, our cultural obsession with wealth. And then so she wrote a piece about it um, in the Daily Beast. And she's basically saying, like, to give you – keeping up with the Joneses has become keeping up with the Kardashians and the American dream has morphed from an attainable goal, the result of hard work, to a fantasy way of life characterized by self-indulgent celebrity narcissism. She's really taking <laughs> – Taking on this current upset, like wealth obsessed culture, and I'm I know how I feel about it. I want to first ask you two girls how you feel about it. Like, do you think 
the Kardashians and what they stand for and sort of what you feel is the attraction to them as a fan is uh, ruining in some way, shape, or form the American dream? Ooh, that, I mean, that is a tough question. Here's the thing. Here's how I feel about it. I'm not a huge fan of them. Yeah. Um, I don't dislike them. Yeah. You know, they're doing their thing. They're living their life. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to the fame, I do see the younger generation really looking up to them and thinking maybe what they do is the way to get fame. And what they don't understand is that that's an anomaly, yeah. what happened to them. It does not happen. Nope. Very, it's like winning the lottery. Mm-hmm. You yeah, know? no, it's true. And, and by, by the way, Paris Hilton is proof of that because right. Kim followed the Paris Hilton sex tape model. Exactly. But Kim, but then Kim had smart market. Paris Hilton, God bless her, she has a successful DJ career. Right. But <laughs> very DJ quote, career. Quote, very cool. Um, but she, Paris Hilton is not like uh, a you know, a, a current pop culture. Right. She's a sort of a, you know, she's got uh, exactly. Yeah. So go yeah. ahead, continue. Um, so yeah, I mean, Kim luckily had her mom, you yes. know, who's just an amazing manager and was yeah. able to turn something that could have ruined her daughter. Momager. Exactly. We call them Momager. Exactly. <laughs> so she turned that into this huge empire that now everyone in the family can profit from. Yes. And now they're in the beauty space, they're making their own clothes, yeah. um, their apps and and all of that. So once you, I guess there is a business model to follow if young people want to. Absolutely. I mean, I think you should always aspire and never put any, up any roadblocks, even if you are already rich. Yeah. And that is something that's commendable. But um, as far as just being famous for nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing. Okay. So as a, are you a fan? And you can be. So, honest. yeah, I was going to say, okay. I am a fan okay. of them for sure. Okay. And I don't think it has, I understand what you're saying. And I totally agree with, um, Everything but it being because of the Kardashians. Yes. I think it's society as a whole. As a whole. And it's just what we're evolving into because kids nowadays um, are just so entitled, narcissistic, just so... Not you, Mackenzie, though. No, No. God, She's got good ethics. You know, she's a good kid. (laughs) Oh, I had a good momager, too. I like her. There you go. But no, I think it's really just, like I said, society as a whole, everybody is just evolving into this people owe me, everybody owes me. I need to have this. And I think another thing to go with that is happiness isn't attainable anymore to what happiness should be. So if you make a bunch of money and I don't have 17 yachts and three houses in each country, you know what I mean? Then you're not happy. Yeah. I think social media plays a huge part in that, too. Huge. Well, I mean, we were having this discussion because now, as of late, I've been seeing these, um, and I don't know if it's a trend yet, but I saw, like, two prominent journalists in my Facebook feed that were saying how they had done, like, a social media diet, like, these last couple weeks, whether it be a month, and that now they've, like, deleted apps from their phone, so they only, like, will be on social media, like, during their, like, actual working time on their desktop computers, and that it's been, like, night and day, because there's this certain level of you put a post up and like likes dis- right. or or comments and if you're not getting as many as you wanted to get it's like 
a mind it's a yeah. it's a mind f for yeah, for lack of a better word and that people are basing their gratification instant gratification on that and you know speaking of demi Lovato addicts like i think that social media obviously is also an addiction for mm-hmm. some like they just can't put it down mm-hmm. when i was working um like running a daily news site it was part of my job to have to be on top of it exactly i yeah. live a happier life right now where i'm doing a weekly show and just like working on launching a startup but that's the populist which hey shameless self uh, <laughs> plug alert here the populist which is the you know half owner of this show um the populist is such a different play in the market that it's not even then it's going to be like impact journalism and, and, and right. a different that it's not like I, I'm, I'm saying like I've had a taste now of that balance of like social media and constant news versus like and enjoying life going out to yoga right. going out to take a hike and I would not want to go back I'm being honest like I'm <laughs> all of a sudden like this zen has taken over you so back to circling back to this part though do you think but what I agree with you I don't think it's just the Kardashians but I think because they so heavily dominate the media landscape and they have a weekly TV show that secures mm-hmm. their place in pop culture and they, they're multiplying like gremlins. <laughs> so basically they're securing themselves with every other generation of Kanye's kids. I mean, whether Kim and Kanye last, they've got, she's got royalty, yeah. uh, pop, uh, I'm sorry, R&B music royalty children. Right. You know what I'm saying? And so to me it's that they have such large megaphone platforms and you see it and I've always said this like when I was covering um, entertainment news and we were doing this I only wanted to cover the Kardashians like for legitimate news reasons like to me it's like I don't care that like Kylie injected her behind or I don't care that she this one injected she took out her lips that's not news in my eyes like Mm -hmm. news is like she was on the top of the Forbes list and here's how she got there that's news to me like Mm -hmm. it's just and again it's opinions because I know I'm not a girl I don't have to dress up with makeup I think that I respect um their marketing ability and their business savvy in what they do, whether that be the lifestyle brand, like, because they came out, I think they led the way with the apps, you know, like having your, so like Taylor Swift also being one of those innovators, like Taylor Swift has basically put all her content, you know, in a place where her fans can get to it if they pay for it. Right. Super smart. Right. But I think that what I worry about is if I, I have a niece and a nephew, and to me, I think that if you can make it the way they made it, great. But I think still go through the uh, traditional values of like, I went to school, I finished right. my degree, I went and got some college or a trade, right. but learn skills. You know what I'm saying? Because you can always then become this YouTube star from your bedroom, giving right. makeup tips, <laughs> making millions of dollars. But why not? St- I, that's where I think I, I, I'm traditional in it. And right. I want to see this documentary really bad. Me too. Me she too. And, and Laura Greenfield, I actually um, would love to speak to because I just think everything that I was reading in this, I was like, oh my God, this is all of the beef I have right now. But when you look at the numbers too with like the whole beauty business right now. It's huge. 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 And now you see all these other... Do you watch Vanderpump Rules, either one of you? I do not. So Lala Kent, who's like a big... um, Like one of the most popular ones in there, she just launched like um, Give Them Lala or something. Like this Mm -hmm. basically replicate this whole Kylie Jenner model. Like they have these followings of like whatever. Even like the smaller followers, 100,000 followers on Instagram, they can parlay that into a business. Completely. If if, a hundred thousand of them spend twenty dollars on a piece of makeup, uh hello, do that we we do the math. (laughs) Yeah. 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 I mean 
like it circles back to social media, like you were saying. Um, I think a lot of people want to get those followers so that they can attain this type of. Oh, exactly. Too, you know, it's like Don't it's a like- never-ending circle and pattern. You know, another thing that aggravates me is when you have all these. You can pay for followers. Apparently, I've heard. Yes. And the thing is, you pay for all the followers, and then you go and unfollow so many people. For me, I have like this pretty much the same amount of followers and on and um, yeah. following because I like to know what's going on in people's lives. That's why I'm on social That's why media. I'm on social media. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is too, I just see so many these like instant I'm 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 working on like a long form um, investigative piece on this whole like underbelly of Instafame, which is gonna be like one of the right. first uh, stories on my site. Mm-hmm. It's a subculture unto itself because these these um, people that were like shadowing some of them, they live in this world of like, oh, and I gotta go hang out with that dude because right, he's because got like he's got like a million and a half. Like right. it's like it's like different. It's like their kind of money, which right. I always say, you know, being like famous on Instagram is like being rich in Monopoly. <laughs> I mean, in the grand scheme, they I I give them props that you can you can you can get money for brand stuff, and that's where I think it's smart. It's yeah. brand marketing, yeah, but. I I think they let that allow them like their equivalence in the world or their self-worth is somehow measured to that. And it's like it doesn't have anything to do with your character. It doesn't have anything to do in the grand scheme of like what you're contributing to the world. No, and it'll come up in conversations like, oh, did you see how many followers I have? (laughs) It's like, I really don't care. that's so bizarre. Like, I have a a 13. (laughs) You're in real life. I have a 13. (laughs) I have a 13-year-old cousin and he messages me the other day and is like, yeah, I have 3,000 followers. I'm like, Okay. okay. How old? Wait, how? He's thirteen. Oh god. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Poor thing. Well, yeah. My my sister in law was actually really um, wouldn't let my nephew and niece get onto. Like he's I think eleven now, and he was like just allowed to start using, and it's very heavily restricted in the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> okay. So then, in short, you do not. You think you agree that we're in a the youth is looking at the wrong things. Yeah. But you don't attribute that that uh, fault all fault to the Kardashians. No. And you? I don't attribute it all to the Kardashians. I think it's a mixture of a whole bunch of things. It's like the perfect storm. The time, everything. Yeah. That's what it is. I'm going to respect... And they're kind of at the top of the... The, the food totem. chain. Yeah. I'm going to respectfully disagree okay. and say that I'm going to borrow from Chelsea Handler when she was on her show. Basically said that the Kardashians wrought us Trump. Meaning, like, that they are what... Like, they are setting the trend for a lot that's wrong and why kids are the way... I don't know. I, I'm sure they're... I bet you if I got in a room with them, I think they were the coolest uh, yeah, girls to, to vibe with and hang out with. But I just... I, th- I wish I would hear them doing a PSA about, like, get... You know, go to school, finish... Like, right. do some more, like... World you, hunger. Yeah. Something. Something. I mean, you know, Kim did the thing. Anyway. Right. Moving on. So really quickly then, before we wrap up, thank you so much for doing this. This was one of my most, this was was like great. It's like just sitting chatting with two (laughs) smart ladies. Um, Can you tell the viewers where to find Meet the Hollywood Press, either one of you? Absolutely. I can tell them. (laughs) (laughs) You guys can find us on YouTube at AfterBuzz TV and at AfterBuzz TV. Go ahead and like, comment, rate, subscribe. You can find us on iTunes. Also follow Meet the Hollywood Press on Twitter, Instagram, all of those good places. You know, I mean, we've been talking about we've social media. Social so. 
<laughs> all yeah. those places. All those places. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in. I also want to just give a shout out. We're, we've got a uh, uh, small but loyal audience and the comments yeah. are really building every week and I'm going to be in there today answering. But thank you so much for all the comments and feedback and we welcome it all whether it's negative or positive because like we, we're, yeah. we're, you know, we're, we're evolving as a show and we're trying new things and I couldn't be more grateful for all of you tuning in. So thank you for joining us for this uh, weekend's episode of Meet the Hollywood Press and come back next week and we'll be chatting about this week's latest Hollywood yeah. uh, topics. Show will be stories. Thank you so much. Take care. and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV.